The Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with 97.3 ESPN, brings you the Mays and Aton Show. Middays with Harry Mays and Aton Shander. Now, it's the Midday Show with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN Radio. We are live on a Friday. It's a game day Friday, if you will, here. And the Seattle Seahawks are already, if not, on their way here. Did I reverse that? They're on their way, if not, already here. That's probably how I should have said it. So we've been waiting and waiting, and you finally get to this point now where it's your last opportunity for the week. Really, before you hit into football on Saturday, we'll be totally distracted with real football, not Boston College, Cincinnati football, but actual football returning with playoffs on Saturday. And then Sunday, it's just you'll, you'll be numb. You'll be numb until you actually see the kick, Jake Elliott's first kick, we think, and then from there it's it's a blur. So this is it. Like, today's your last real day to have real conversations about this game because otherwise you're going to be completely distracted tomorrow. You're well, going no, to be locked into no, Josh I will, I will Allen missing guys 15 yards down the field no. every single time. I have zero interest in watching the Texans do anything. Okay, they they seem to be in that stupid 425 Saturday game for six straight years, I think. They're always in that game, and it's always a snore. Well, it's because they've had guys not named Deshaun Watson at the quarterback spot more often than not. Yeah, they've but they're not going to have Yates. Fuller playing either. So they, they basically become like the Philadelphia Eagles offense during the middle of the season no, when they don't no, have no. Will Fuller. If DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he's <laughs> – what do you mean? He's a he's great what? receiver on a on a lousy team. I hate the freaking Texans. Yet they're probably going to win. Yeah, and I'm not going to watch one second of it. Well, here's the thing: they're going to win because it's not even anything that the Texans have to do. It's the fact that Josh Allen cannot hit anybody that's ten yards down the field or deeper. Hmm. I've watched this guy weekend. I've bet him multiple times. Well, that's on you. No, no, no. I faded him. And, oh, and okay. And of what? Here's the thing. There's a big difference. You're saying you bet him or you faded him. Well, not bet on him, but I'm saying right. bet games that he's been involved, bet around him. And sometimes, even in props, simple props, he's been an easy fade. But here's, here's the thing is that game itself is the more game about. Stinks. It, it stinks on paper. But watch. You watch. This thing is going to hit I'm the I'm not going to watch. These are, this is how the NFL works. They give you a game that sits at 44, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks this defense in Buffalo is going to travel. Houston's not going to do anything. It's going to be 3 nothing after 1. You watch them hit 60, 70 total points. This is going to be – you heard it here first. This is going to be an offensive explosion. All right, did you know that since 2002, you talk about Josh Allen, quarterbacks making their first playoff start on wild card weekend – are eight and twenty-eight straight up, and ten and twenty-six against the number. Well, now that two? would apply to Carson Wentz too. It would, and but I I'm wonder... talking. You, you brought up Josh Allen. Well, Allen. Yeah. Think about it. Aren't there there what, Lamar... twelve teams in this playoff? Aren't there eight of twelve that are experiencing the playoffs for the first time? Drew Brees, we know, has been in there. Tom Brady, we know, has been in there. Cousins has been in there. Kirk Cousins has been in there. And we're missing an obvious one. And Patrick yeah, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is right. four. Lamar was in there, so he's not in, included in this stat. Correct. At least not this year. No, and, and you're right. So you do have to technically throw Lamar in there. So that's five. Am I missing somebody, or is it now seven 
of 12 players that we know are experiencing their first time. I'm sorry? No, he's been in there. Did I not mention him? You didn't okay, mention I guess him, I didn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought he was the first name I mentioned. So that's six. So that's half. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is definitely, and that's why you Hard apply. to believe that it's the first one for him. It well, really is crazy. It is it? hard to believe, but it also helps, I think, that this is a situation. Wouldn't you rather this be a situation now where it's his first time, knowing that the odds are stacked against him, especially with the team around him, as opposed to having seven all-pros around him, a defense that's been number one all year, and the expectations are, okay, first year in the, in the playoffs quarterback, you better win a Super Bowl this year. Well, he's year. an underdog at home. He is an underdog you know? at home, and, and I think that has everything to do with the people around him, though. Well, yeah, of It's course. the inverted situation we saw two years ago. And Russell Wilson himself. You know, if they, if they just have, you know, so just some guy playing quarterback, not, not a guy who, you know, has basically been able to put a team on his back in years past, or a guy that just is, can create something out of nothing, <laughs> it's Russell Wilson. If they did, if they have another guy, a different guy, an average quarterback, Eagles are favored. Yeah, I mean it's it's only Probably by a point. It's only at you know it only opened at a point, and it's at a point and a half now. I already took the Eagles. I did. I, I got took them on the money line. I took them with the points. I, you know, I'd taken them. Well, they're going to win Monday or Tuesday. One point, the day or two after it opened, it, it just got bet so heavily that the Eagles were two and a half at one point. Hmm. So that's I got in at two and a half. And yeah, I, I got a two. Oh yeah. yeah so I had two. at no at no point did I ever see it at three unless you could no. specifically it, buy it. Right. But right. that's that I think was was really telling is that we didn't hit that point of it. Now here's the thing. Uh, I will say this. I don't know about Russell Wilson and, and the in the quarterback change. You're right. Wilson has a, a huge part of this. But how much of this is the same exact team if their record on the road and home was opposite? Meaning, if this was a typical Seattle Seahawks team they were that seven was 7-0, seven seven and 7-1, 8-0 at home, you're saying? And their record at home is now the same on the road. Yeah, they're 7-1 and one on the road this year. Right. It's pretty impressive. Now, if that were <laughs> inverted and flipped. And they were, what, like 4-4 four and four on the road or something? Well, that's what they are. They're 4-4 four and four okay. on the road. Uh, pardon me, at, no, home. at home. Now, if you look at who they lost to, Lamar Jackson, the Saints, they've lost to good football teams. Mm-hmm. The Arizona Cardinals was the one dud, right? But outside of that, you know, I wonder if they if, – are they favored? That's a hypothetical for you, Harry Mays. If the record is switched, and that's all that switch, it's the same team, the same injuries, Rashad Penny, everybody, mm-hmm. beast mode's back. But the one thing that switched is they're 7-1 and one at home, 4-4 four and four on the road. What's the line here? Probably the Eagles won. Which I think is where it technically opened, right? Yeah, people were saying that, although I went back and looked. I didn't see it that at, way. At every casino that I could find on Vegas Insider and looked at their opening numbers, and none of them had the Eagles favored. No. So I don't know where some people are getting that. I've, I've heard that, oh, yeah, the Eagles opened a point favorite and it flipped immediately. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if that happened, but I couldn't find it. Think about that. That would be the fastest line move in, like, the history of line moves. We'd have to get PGF on or, you know, somebody like Philly Godfather would know an answer to that question. But I I don't get it how that would even open up. But I guess you're right. It it has a lot to do with Russell Wilson. It also has to do with how well this team is playing on the road. On the road and and coming east, too, which they came east a bunch of times. The 1 o'clock starts on the east coast. it hasn't phased them. Nope. Now, I, I had a chat with somebody last night 
Greg Bell for the time for the Seattle Tribune. He's out there and coming on his way here to Philadelphia. He's not already here in Philly. Like a bunch of name drop Shields. So you you know Shields out West Coast when you're covering the Seahawks. I'm right, sh- right, Shield Capadia. So well, one, some say Capadia. It's Capadia. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my dialect will always pronounce mispronounce it. I apologize. That's the New Yorker in me. But yes, Capadia is is the correct pronunciation. We have Jimmy Kempsky right. on at 1 o'clock. Nigel Burton's going to join us at 12.30. But I bring this up because the whole thing about that previous game, they're well aware. That that Seahawks team is well aware of how poorly both quarterbacks played. Mm-hmm. And it was a very windy day, if I remember. Game. That's what I was going to bring up. Okay. So Bell told me last night, this team all week has been preparing for the 17 to 19 mile, mile per hour, hour winds, winds because they blew it. Remember that easy pass that Wilson missed mm-hmm. to DK Metcalf, and yeah. then there was one to it Carson had a few Carson. of those too. Right, Carson did, and and West and um, Wilson did. It was when the wind was to their back that 20 mile per mm-hmm. hour went to the back. So they've been preparing for that all week. I think that might be why. I'm just just a guess. That might be why the Eagles have been practicing in the link. You think week. so, just to kind of get... Yeah, they're taking bus, buses from the, the, the Novacare complex across the street to the link to practice in the stadium. To get used to the swirl? I mean, not used to it. I guess just to, to well, know where it's coming it. from. Right. I mean, it's their home field. They're, they're much more well aware of it. But, uh, you know, Matt, that might, could be one of the reasons why. I agree. I, I think that would definitely be something the kicker to prepare too, for. Right. You know? Jake Elliott. That is not an easy this. building to kick in. Not at all. And that's, that is where there's a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. That really is. Now, this is the first time. So we'll take everything that you have. We're, we're live on the stream as well at Shander Show, at Harry Mays TU. The Twitch channel, Mays and Aton, is up and running. You can hit us up on the text board, 609-403-0973. And beyond that, we've got the typical New Year's Day reaction, both locally and which, again, once again, I cannot, I am just shocked that people are still, uh, I don't even want to get to the local thing. The big thing, though, is that Gronkowski stuff. Oh, Did you see this? I, you know, I didn't see it live. Uh, apparently, he ruined New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, yes. was it Steve Harvey? Yeah. Uh, he, he busted up a Lego uh, face of Steve, head of Steve Harvey, and he gronks, Gronk spiked it. I'm done with Gronk. Me too. I don't need any more meathead. Uh, you know, just acting the fool or whatever. He he has he has no talent beyond football. Yeah, I okay? agree. Uh, the only time I want to see him is on a football field. That's it. He is full. Here's the thing. He is full of like the emptiest. Remember when I was ripping John Gruden for the empty platitudes? Mm-hmm. He's got the emptiest of meathead platitudes. Like, whatever the typical meathead bro phrase is, he's got like four or five of those in the tank, mm-hmm. and that's all he can provide. I mean, the only thing on that Fox uh, uh, football show, they let him even comment on his tight ends. Yeah, I didn't, you know what I mean. I didn't I didn't even, he, he's well, been they, on sparingly, and he, they that's what I'm saying. He's not on about normal tight ends. It's, they they figure like he can't even comment on any other position. He's in and he's out. I mean, he is the a rock the rockhead of rockheads. They let Jay Feely talk more on the broadcast than they do Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, and who, who the hell cares about <laughs> Jay Feely? Here's here's the problem. You're right to an extent about I think mean, not even to an extent. I mean, you're full on correct. Rob Gronkowski has absolutely zero talent. 
the man can't do anything but – and look, it's okay. It's okay if that's the only thing you can do is be one, if not the best tight ends yeah. of all time. Like, that's not a bad no, thing. No, I'd cut off my little finger to be that Absolutely. Guy. You'd go full Ronnie Lott Absolutely for that. Absolutely I would. I respect that. But you know what? It's crazy, though. He really can't – like, there isn't anything he could do. Think about this. Just throw a hypothetical out there. But networks keep giving him money to come on TV. I don't know. After this, the latest – Steve Harvey, I imagine, has some influence, right? And I'll read you the quote from Harvey coming up in a second. But what could Rob Gronkowski actually do? He couldn't be on Dancing with the Stars. He couldn't be on something that takes him having to talk about anything. So even a reality show Mm -hmm. would be The Bachelor. How about him being the bachelor? I guess I guess you probably had dumber people be the bachelor. I'm sure before. I don't watch the show, Me but neither. I'm sure there's a, there's a bunch of rockheads on that show too. So Steve Harvey went off. Yeah, I, you I, saw this right? The, the Lego head. Yeah, I saw the smash. It was a Lego head of Steve. Right, Harvey. I saw it. I, I watched it on online a couple of times, and everybody's trying to make out whether Steve Harvey was really upset or if he was just sort of playing along and acting upset. I think he was playing along. You think he's really upset about a stupid Lego head? Here's the thing. The reason why I think he was upset, if anybody listening and watching can remember this, because I was sober as much as I can be for a I was drive. not, and that's probably why I was like asleep at like 12.02. No, no. Trust me. I was out by like 12.08. Mm-hmm. But I was I was just kind of like, all right, you know, let's let's get through this whole thing. And, and we flipped to about like six minutes left before the ball dropped. And we watched the final six minutes of Gronk and, and Steve Harvey. And mm. Was that Carmen Electra? Who else was up there? I, I don't remember. So watching Steve, now that I put two and two together, because I even brought it up with the group that I was with. Mm-hmm. Steve Harvey looked uncomfortable. The last five or six minutes, he's just kind of standing there and even cut off. Gronk, where it's like, you know, 30 seconds, because Gronk kept being like, hi, mom, I love you, mom, for the final minute. Well, he was smashed, wasn't he? He was, yeah. and Steve Harvey had to jump in like a producer mm-hmm. and say 30 seconds, and then kind of, if anybody saw that, and I'm sure it lasted longer than when I jumped in, but for the final six minutes of the ball drop, pre-ball drop with Harvey and company, he was in the middle of this group looking, barely moving, Harry, mm. looking uncomfortable. And you add two and two together. And it wasn't cold either. It wasn't really no, cold. So no, no, like no. I, I could see you standing outside looking uncomfortable because you're freezing your ass off, right? Oh, no, and Gronk it, was right next to him right. the whole time doing his crazy, stupid stuff. Yeah, I think he was just kind of, maybe he was a little bit freaked out being that close to this guy, knowing that he's smashed off his you-know-what. And just being like, dude, what is this guy doing? Like, I don't, I don't get what he's up to. And then he picks up the thing and smashes it. And, <laughs> the Lego and head. He's, I, don't, I think he was just like, dude, is this guy for real? Well, he asked him, are you serious? I don't want to work with him no more. Why is he here? Why That's are you here? That's kind of funny, though, that saying that he funny. doesn't want to work with him no more. Me too. I, I, I laughed when I heard that. Me too. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. I... Why is he there? I don't, I don't get know. it. He is no. There is nothing that Rob Gronkowski can now do. And and I was you know teetering on this line earlier, but now there's nothing he can do that would draw. You know me. why? Because we're talking about it today, a couple days later. Yes, but here's the thing: I will never watch that New Year's Eve special. I will never watch that network do a New Year's Eve special again. So, okay, great. We're talking about it, but the long I feel like a third degree burn now. Where mm. my time, my six minutes of my life leading up to that, and they didn't even show the ball. I guess they don't have rights to it on top of that. So well, that's the Seacrest show that has correct, the rights to correct. that, right? So that's the thing is, yeah, we're talking about it, but 
It's like the Mummers. People are talking about oh, the Mummers, yeah. but I guarantee you that it's people t- saying, I ain't going to see the Mummers anymore. Well, that's the other. that was right? the other big story. You can't go full gritty on the Mummers Day parade and then triple, that idiot tripled down on it. Did you see how the Flyers issued a statement <laughs> saying they don't condone yeah. these actions? Of that's the where we are today, because if you don't issue a statement saying that you don't condone, it means you do condone. Correct. Right? That, that's exactly it. <laughs> that God. is exactly it. All right, let's, and Josh reminds us, and I actually met him, so I will disagree, and I don't know and want to put words in Josh's mouth, but Jesse Palmer, remember, was on The Bachelor. Okay. Now, I knew or met, I should say, Jesse because he played with Imani Toomer, did the show with Imani. We met him down in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had about, I don't know, 20, 25-minute conversation with him at the bar that we were at for a dinner. Grounded, down-to-earth, smart, mm-hmm. present, not anything I would use to describe Rob Gronkowski. So he's not a meathead. Not at all. The guy looks really good. That's his sin. Yeah, yeah. His sin is that he's, yeah, he's a blessed. really attractive yeah, he's a man. good-looking man. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. But he's not an idiot, and he's not like, oh, man. Like, me, there wasn't like six different chest bumps to people. Right. You know, he wasn't sitting there like, yeah, the only- constantly flicking his hair like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that. my bigger I mean, he's, point. He's a really smart guy. The only thing I don't like about him and his analysis is he says dialed up about every six words. Well, crutches are. Everything's yeah. dialed up. That's Somebody's on the dialing crew. up a blitz or something. Somebody needs to get on him about that because yeah. that's on the product. That's a producer right there. But, yes, we've, we've seen, I don't know maybe if we've seen dumber people than that on, on the Gronk. Well, my bigger but, point, guys, was that it, the point is is that Gronk, because of how low on the totem pole he is, you compare other football players to him, even guys who are not intellectually savants, they're of better quality than Gronk is. Yes, I agree. I would rather have anybody, like Gronkowski to me is no draw. Like, does Gronk get the first call on a gig that Strahan turns down? I hope not. No, Strahan see, has about every job there is. He's all, he's almost like Seacrest. Right, but Strahan, and from what I heard, last year or so, Strahan in the locker room was essentially turning into a media member where he would be doing his own stuff and having his own – he'd basically be host, holding court and not even talking but, like, doing stuff, like entertaining and, you know, not to like a Dornbos magic trick level, but, you know, being an entertainer in a, yeah. group, in a room full of people. And people were just like, oh, it's only a matter of time before he gets in front of a screen. And I think, to be fair, I don't think he's full-on immersed himself into a host. Like, I like him better. I think he's pretty good. I do, but I like him better when he's with, like, that Kelly scene when he was doing that morning show. I don't think he's good on the Thursday night football. The Thursday night football, the whole thing stinks. Okay. 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 That, that stinks. But I don't mind. I feel like he's earned his uh, a right oh, yeah. to, just, to do that. I'm Gronkowski, just saying, he gets I, every gig, and, he, and he's got a lot of gigs because he's got a big divorce to pay for. Well, I'm That's sure. That's what he's paying for. I'm sure there, there's a lot of that coming out there. Yeah, and, and I'm sure there's also the He got the taken to the cleaners. Yeah, it's got, I'm sure CAA or Max Talent or, you know, one of the big-time Agents, you know, when you when you're paying money, yeah, to have somebody represent you as well and, and get all these gigs, it, it doesn't come free, Harry. No, by all means. All right, we'll get to some tweets. We'll get to some responses on the Twitch board as well. Nigel Burton is going to join us coming up. Now, in tell 10 the people minutes. who this guy is. So Dan and Nigel is the show, and former comment. I, I still does stuff 
for the Pac-12. Former head coach for the Portland State Vikings as well. Oh, college football? Correct. Yeah. And is doing stuff now for a station out in Portland. You know who played? So he for, does morning drive out in Portland. You know who played for Portland State that went on to have a pretty halfway decent NFL career? I'm trying to think. I forget his first name, but it was Lomax. Was it Neil Lomax? Not Lomax. Lomax. Quarterback. Yeah, he was a quarterback for the Cardinals, I think. Lomax is one of Kramer and Newman's friends. Oh, really? I forget that character. Lomax. Did you ever see him? Or was he just referred to? He was like uh, Joe uh, Sacamano. What the hell is that guy's name? That One of those guys. My friend Dan Sacamano. Joe... (laughs) What the hell? Is, who's Sacramento's first name? I don't know. He, yeah, Neil Lomax played for the Cardinals from 81 to 88. All right. Yeah. So Nigel's going to join us coming up next in 10 minutes. And Rip City Mornings with Dan and Nigel is out in Portland right now. At 620 on Portland. And they do a fantastic job. I'm on with them a bunch. I'm their unofficial Philly correspondent. But as you know, Portland is a full-on Seahawks city. And when I was out there for a week, we did a ton of Seahawks because that's the football team. Mm -hmm. So we'll get some insight from a guy who coached and also follows and discusses that team a lot because there's some things that we need to get insight on and answers we need about the health, if you will, on everything with the Seattle Seahawks running game, their defensive line, Jadavion Clowney. We need to figure out a bunch of issues here with the Seahawks team and see if the line moves at all as well. Don't forget Franklin Del- uh, Romanowski. That's right. Oh, but Romo? we saw we saw, no Franklin Delano Rosen- Romanowski. That FDR was the guy on the Seinfeld. He was in the finale, or not the finale. He was in the reverse episode where everything was in reverse. The Bizarro episode. It's not Bizarro. It's it's the final season, mm. and they went to India for the wedding. But everything was oh. in reverse, and he was the guy who gave initially Kramer the stink eye, and then. Hit him in the face with a snowball. Yeah. He's also, I, I believe, the guy who was the hot dog vendor when George Costanza was asking about hot dogs. There you go, man. All right. Bob Sacamano. Thank That's you, it. Mike. Yes. Now that Mike Gill on the answer. Oh, so you never saw him, but he was always referred to. Right. Yeah. And Lomax is, an, is a name that was always referred to. It's, I guarantee it, you, if Lomax Seinfeld. It's kind of like. Bob Menery's uh, stuff where he refers to Peter, his co his co-analyst Peter. Correct. And Correct. there is no Peter. Exactly right. Yeah. Wait, you know what? I think it might be Lomez. That, that doesn't sound right. None of this sounds right. Lomez is one of Kramer's friends. He talks about him a lot, but he's never seen or heard. Alright, you know what? I think it is Lomez. I, I think it's Lomez, not Lomax. I, I conflated the two. You're doing a lot of conflating. Well, when your name okay, when your name is Lomax and you played at Portland State and the name is Lomez and you're some name that never gets seen on Seinfeld, I thought it was a rare coincidence. Lomax is that would actually kind of be a cool first name. Be a What's up, Lo? Yeah. Now Lomez. We say Lo. We say Lo. Lomez is an Orthodox Jew, and his place of worship was a featured stop on Kramer's Peterman reality bus tour. Oh, and he was referenced before. That's one of these guys like Sacramento. Bob Sacramento. Can't beat that, man. All right, Nigel Burton will go out west at 1 o'clock. It's Jimmy Kemsky.
all on a jam-packed Friday. Crazy Joe DeVola, Maze and Aton. You're listening to Mays and Aton with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app. All right, Harry, as promised, we're going to go out to the Lighthouse Insurance Hotline here. And it was a little unfair because I kind of put Nigel Burton on the spot on the air. At Coach N. Burton is how you follow Nigel. He is the co-host of Dan and Nigel on Rip City Mornings, 620 out in Portland. Also Pac-12 Network and talked about the coaching career as well before he came on. So as, as much as I love hanging with you and Dan in the morning, I figured what I could do is I could kind of corner you this morning, Nigel, and, and flip the script on you and, and kind of put you on the spot and say, well, why don't you come on my show? You know, Seahawks and Eagles and... <laughs> Now I can put the put your feet to the fire and all the stuff that you normally grill me about. <laughs> all good, man. You know I got you anytime. <laughs> well, we appreciate you joining us, man. So let's talk about an obvious concern, and that's health, right? We've been here in Philadelphia decimated with injury week after week. It seems to get worse. But this is a team in Seattle that has dealt with their own injuries. How bad really is it for Seattle heading into this game on Sunday, Nigel? You know, I think uh, ultimately, um, ultimately, I think it's a little bit of a reversal of fortune for this for the Seahawks because, as you know, the Eagles are really banged up, and you and I went over it on our show this morning. Whether you know Lane Johnson's going to play, probably unlikely. Zach Ertz has got something that he's going to try to tough out, but probably you know if 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 Sainer mind for Vail, he probably shouldn't play because he's putting his long-term health, if not his life in danger, unless, you know, the, if he's a lacerated kidney and all this other stuff, the Seahawks, on the other hand, have a, a totally different situation in the fact that they're actually getting healthy right now. I mean, Quandre Diggs didn't play uh, against the 49ers and the 49ers made him pay for it. And the fact that they attacked the middle and, uh, and, and being the safety for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And he's been such a, a huge instrumental piece um, that uh, John Schneider and the, and the Seahawks were able to pull from the Detroit Lions that really kind of broke the, the, the Lions season and, and amplified he might actually be the MVP outside of Russell Wilson for this for this football team in Seattle. He's going to be good to go. Uh, Jadavion Clowney didn't look like he got any worse for wear um, from the San Francisco game that he wasn't super effective in, but we know what he's capable of. Um, a lot of guys, uh, Dwayne Brown was not available. There's a question of whether he might be able to play, but it looks like he might still be on the shelf. But outside of that, everybody else seems to be getting healthier. Um, the one guy that I think might be an issue is the fact that Michael Kendricks, that I know all your, mm. your fans and listeners know uh, really well, he uh, looks like he blew his ACL against the 49ers, and that might actually be uh, a huge loss. And especially if you get a situation where Zach Ertz were able to play, um, you know, you've, you've got Cody Barton, who's a rookie out of Utah, who will now play and the 49ers made the Seahawks pay when Cody Barton got in the game in their play action game or their boot game. So look for that to be uh, a guy that if the Seahawks don't get tuned up now that Michael Kendricks is out, that could be a, a major liability for the Seahawks on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, Nigel, uh, how much stock should we put in 
uh, to the game that took place six or seven weeks ago at Lincoln Financial Field. A very windy, ugly day, and it was an ugly day for both quarterbacks, ironically. Uh, Seattle managing to, uh, to scratch out a win. Uh, how, mu- how much do we put in, you know, into this game? You know, do, do we take from that game? Yeah, I don't really know because last time I heard, you guys are supposed to get a pretty bad snowstorm going out there, uh, at least on the East Coast. And so I'm curious, what's the weather supposed to be? Because, you know, if if you had this crazy weather pattern that affected the game last time, and people are like, well, it's the NL, it may not be that, but then you get another crazy one that's coming in, then maybe it will kind of show a little bit. No, we're good. I mean, it's, I'm looking here, sunny and 41 degrees on Sunday. But now, windy. Yeah, but I don't know if it'll be sunny at 4.30 in the afternoon, but at least it's going to be yeah. no snow. But apparently. the wind, though, will be, yeah. from what I heard this morning on, on the forecast, the wind is going to be 17 to 18 miles per hour. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I think ultimately both these teams, but in particular the Seattle Seahawks, are run first team anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be able to pound the ball. They, there's a reason they brought back beast mode and not some little scat back. There's a reason they looked to Robert Turbin. Um, to to help solidify this defense when you had Chris Carson go down and you had you know uh, literally their, their entire running back you know uh, position group got decimated and so they want to pound the football, play action pass you off those runs and throw the ball over the top of your head to DK Metcalf to Tyler Lockett to you know all these different guys and so um, I'm not sure that you can take a lot about it out of that last game when you think of the weather when you think of how beat up. Uh, you know, especially now the Seahawks, um, uh, how much they were beat up before and how now they're a little bit healthier. And now the fact that, uh, you know, the, the Eagles are even more beat up maybe than they were at that point in the season. So um, I'm not sure how much you can take out of it. I know that right now um, I've never seen a team coming off a loss doing better than maybe the Seattle Seahawks do. I'm curious, just when you look at both of these teams, and I'll appeal to you being around this game, knowing the ins and outs of this game more so than the average fan, what the hell is going on? And I know from an outside, 3,000 miles away, but you can see this from a different eye with Doug Peterson to where you've seen this probably up close and personal for years now with Pete Carroll. We're just at the early infant stages of this where a coach, no matter what the hell is going on around, no matter who he loses, no matter who deters from the game plan, no matter what fans or media people say in city, they find a way to make the playoffs. They find a way to make something happen. You've seen that way more often, I feel like, that when Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. What do you attribute that to? Well, unfortunately, you broke up on me a little bit, but I think we were talking about is all the different things that that should probably distract the team, and yet, you know, whether it's Doug Peterson, Pete Carroll have been able to kind of keep the ship straight and keep it moving. And and I think it's just a bunker mentality you have when you're coaching and when you're playing. Um, You know, when I coached all those years, I'll never forget, I did an interview one time uh, when I was a a head coach of a Division One team. And I'm doing the interview, and then finally the the guy who – yeah, and the guy's doing an interview with me. He goes, hey, by the way, uh, hey, just real quick, what were your thoughts on Tiger Woods' press conference? You know, where he admitted all the stuff with his wife and the accident and all these other things. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you know, the press conference. I'm like, you didn't even know about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, (laughs) listen, I wake up and I go in the office and I make sure my kids are going to class. And other than that, I'm sitting in a room with a projector, and we're going through cut-ups until so 
somebody brings me lunch, and mm-hmm. I go to practice, and I come back, and I watch the practice film, and then we continue to watch cut-ups until I basically get in the car, go home, and go to bed. And the last thing I'm trying to do is listen to somebody else's issues in sports. Like, I listen to smooth jazz so I can go to bed. And then I do the whole thing the next day. And so I think with a lot of these guys, um, you see similar things where it's like, look, I don't know what's going on out there. I don't pay attention to what's going on out there. It's not affecting what's happening in here. I got this issue to deal with, this issue to deal with. I got this stuff to get done within uh, a, a 16, 14-hour day period, um, and I, I can't worry about that stuff. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot of coaches that have newspaper subscriptions. Not that anybody does anymore, but, you know I mean? Online now, right. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I canceled my newspaper subscriptions when I started coaching. Like, you're just, you're just sitting there thinking, you're like, listen, I, I just got bigger fish to fry, and the people who are questioning what I'm doing probably could never do what I do, so I'm not going to worry about it, and I'm just going to keep it moving. Hey, uh, Nigel, uh, Russell Wilson's 4-0 and against the Eagles, and he's thrown seven touchdowns, I believe, and only one interception in games against the Eagles. Is there another team in the NFL that you're aware of where he has sort of a mastery over and has not lost to? You know, it was funny was he just had a mastery of the San Francisco 49ers, and then that ended in Seattle. I don't think he, they, they, they had – he had never lost to the San Francisco 49ers at home. Mm. It had never happened until – uh, it just happened Sunday night. And so, um, you know, he's, he is, he, you know, I, I remember growing up in, in the 80s and the 90s, and it was like there was always this argument on the playground. was like, hey, last second drive, two minutes, who do you want, mm-hmm. Joe Montana or John Elway? And people would go back and forth who they thought. And I grew up in Northern California. If you said anybody in Montana, you got punched in the face. <laughs> right, but right. Now, now it's like, who do you want in that last-minute drive? And you can tell me about Aaron Rodgers, and you can tell me about Tom Brady and all the wins. If you tell me you want somebody other than Russell Wilson, then you really don't know football because that dude seems to will his team uh, down the stretch of games I mean, he is the next Tom Brady. When you look at the kind of talent around him, you're looking yeah. around like, who's the all-pro? Like, who's the number one receiver he, you know, that can get him out of a jam that he can throw a 50-50 ball up to? And come, like, those guys have never existed for him. Yeah, you're right. But, he but, finds a way to win games. But I will tell you, I'd take Lockett on my team any day. And this DK Metcalf, this is the second now reminder, oh per, like up-close reminder, oh. that we took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside with that guy on the board. Killer. <laughs> Killer. I mean, I mean, to be fair, DK was that guy who, uh, in terms of the, the combine stuff, is insane. Like, obviously, six foot five, two thirty, runs the 4-3, looks like a defensive end. But when you turned his film on, you saw a guy who didn't really know how to run routes very well. You saw a guy who wasn't particularly polished. He was a little stiff. His hands were eh, – could be a little suspect. And I think when you look at Pete Carroll and the guys that he's drafted over all those years in, 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 uh, you know, in Seattle and, and where he's been before and even when he was at SC, he would take guys a lot of times that were considered projects. And because Pete Carroll is the master – player development guy like what you see guys walk in as is not who you see when they walk out the the door yep and and so he's able to get coaches and a system that allows guys who and and all you got to do is look at most guys when they leave outside of Richard Sherman when they leave Seattle they're usually not that they're they're not a shit they're a shell who they were Mm -hmm. they don't affect the game the way they used to because of not just you know Pete's development but also his system and uh 
and I've talked to Pete about this. And, and so that's the part that that's really interesting, but I go back to, that's why they were willing to take a flyer on him. I'm not sure if, if, if Doug Peterson's able to develop guys in the same way, but Pete is legendary. Like he'll go down top three in the history of the NFL of taking guys walking in the door and they leave is something that people didn't think that they could be. I mean, look, Russell Wilson. Who, Peterson's who Russell great Wilson at developing guys. Third round. Peterson's yeah. great at developing guys who are on the practice squad and he needs to play the next week, I'll tell you that. Yeah. We've learned that over the last couple of weeks. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. honestly, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I was going to change the topic real quick because – as um, promoting everything in and who you are, of course, to anybody out there who's still unfamiliar with Nigel Burton at Coach N Burton, Rip City Mornings is where you can hear him. Nine twenty in Portland at Rip City Radio six twenty, streaming you guys in the morning and being on with you guys in the morning. You, you are hilarious, and you can also watch Nigel on the Pac twelve Network, which of course through app and cable we all have here in Philadelphia. But it, it looks like we need to get down to something here because I and. I didn't know if this happened post my interview with you guys this morning. Shame on me if it was already a topic of conversation and I missed it. But do you have a burner account that somebody else is running out there? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know, man. I woke up this morning. I wake up about 4 o'clock in the morning for my morning show. And uh, I'm just starting to do some reading. And one of my old players from Portland State was like, he hits me on the DM on Twitter. He's like, yo, coach, what's up, man? Like, is this account yours? And then I started tripping because I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, why are you up at 3.30 in the morning? Or am I sure I'm talking to the right guy? Like, right. Is this somebody who's stolen your account because I don't know why you're up? And a great kid for me, Malik Cyphers, who now works with the Los Angeles Rams. Nice. Uh, as a PR guy. And so then I started checking on and people started hitting me that, yes, created this. Da, da, da. And then I started to be like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of honored that the, the Russians, the Iranians, whoever are, that they feel like uh, they can make some moves by making who I am. I'm, I'm just a dude out here <laughs> trying to have fun and, and talk a little sports. So hmm. I don't know, man. Somebody did it. And, you know, somebody reported it. And I don't know. It, it, it's all good, man. I started laughing because my buddy hit me. and was like, hey, um, you know, it said uh, greetings to you in, in the in – the, uh, in the celebratory season. And compliment like, of the like season me. to you. Yeah, co- yeah, compliment of the season. I was like, right. listen, you know it's me if I say, yo, what's up, mother? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's me. <laughs> that was, and that's what I wanted to, to, to bring up because, you know, it, it would be Harry similar in, in that there are certain things that if he would text me or if I saw on a DM, it would be an immediate light off in my head. A like red flag. I, exactly. That's not me. Somebody is either has him hostage yeah. or they've or they taken over. Or exactly something. right. Yeah. And, and that was what I thought of when you tweeted that, which is, man, you'd never hear me say compliments of the season to you. <laughs> does exactly. Say. Right. That's, that's, I've never heard anybody say yeah. that. Yeah, that's that. I think polite, we... like on on Twitter, like you know, and uh, and very cordial and proper. Sure, somebody somebody hacked me. It had somebody hacked me for sure. Nigel, thank you so much for the time this morning, this afternoon for us, this morning for you. I know it's a, a busy day, and any la- on your way out, we got about thirty seconds here. Can you give us a prediction on the game? You know, I, I just feel like right now, you know, with the fact that that the, the Eagles are so beat up, the Seahawks are just starting to kind of get healthy. Um, I think it's going to be tough for, to, for Philly to pull this out. I mean, I think they're going to have to have a bounce. I just think right now this is this is Russell Wilson's season. I mean, I realize everybody's talking Lamar Jackson, but 
he's just magic. So I think it'll be close, but I think in the end, I got Seahawks by four. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Anytime, fellas. Anytime. Yeah, All right, Nigel there he Burton. is. Nigel Burton and on the Coach Lighthouse. Nigel Burton on Twitter. Sorry. Nigel Burton on the Lighthouse Insurance huh. guest line. You got to make sure you get the Twitter out, right? Have your renewals been increasing over the years? Well, when was the last time you actually reviewed your commercial insurance coverages? You got to do it with a pro. You got to do call managing partner Kevin McAdams at Lighthouse right now. 800 691 1686 and online at lighthouseins.biz. There was a rare award that was handed out in the NFL that I want to touch on before we hit Jimmy Kemsky at 1 o'clock. We've got text 609-403-0973. The Twitch channel is Active Maze and Aton. And Berserker Swordsman mm. reminds us that Russ is 5-0 and against the Vikings. Oh, is that right? That's okay. right. So he's got mastery over them, too. Correct. All right. We continue live on Maze and Aton back after this. Listen to Mays and Aton anywhere. You serious, Clark? Download the 97.3 ESPN mobile app now. 97.3 ESPN.com slash app. Coming up on with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app. Now, we're not going to have a lot of time here, so Maybe I should just ask this question. What's going to happen at 1.30 today? Normally we're at parks, but we'll be there on Monday following the Eagles game. Oh, yeah. You mean for uh, step it up, take a, take a risk? Right. Now, Josh went 2-4, and four, meaning I went 2-4. and four. What's the overall record now following that 2-4 and four week, Well, Josh? time out. The two weeks ago's record was 2-4. and four. From last Saturday through Wednesday, we were 4-2. and two. Okay, so six and six over the last six and weeks. six over the bowl season. All right, and we still got the championship um, game. He's got to make a pick on the championship game in FCS, FBS, and there's two other donkey bowl games, I think. And um, I don't even know who's playing in the FCS. I gotta look that up. Well, it's James Madison in North Dakota State. Where's it being played at? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Where are they normally JMU's yeah. like a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know if they do that at a neutral site. or I think they might. Is it Frisco, Texas? I think so, yeah. Boy, I pounded that St. Mary's game last night. Boy, minus three-and-a-half, taking on a San Francisco team, coming off a loss to an Ivy League school. Oh, Harry. God. And they obliterate them. Mm. So are we doing picks or what, Josh? Well, there's not a lot of games to pick. So if you want me to stick to college football, there's, what, two games? Well, I just told you there's four. Correct. We've got run it back one more time for Josh. The FBS, the FCS championship. Those games, two, and then there's two other donkey games. Well, there's the Miami Louisiana Lafayette game, which I have a lot. I have a seven leg parlay, six of Miami seven. Miami of Ohio. Head. Correct. And then there's Tulane and somebody. I think, or no, it's actually, no, I think, Southern Miss. Is I that think is, is that real Miami? Oh no, real Miami got shut out. Yeah, and they got fired. They got and fired their head coach. Yeah, got, it's Miami of Ohio. Louisiana, no, they fired Lafayette. their offensive coordinator. That's right. They couldn't fire yeah. their head coach. Yeah, they just got him. Yeah, and he's a, to be fair, he's a defensive guy anyway. So, yeah. but yes, they fired their offense. Somebody had to go. So, what do you say? Do you are you going to slap something together because this is going to be your record is at stake right now. Oh, there's a game today, uh, Ohio against Nevada. That's right. 
That's right. Oh, we should. And shame on us. You know, Nigel Burton was the defensive coordinator at Nevada when Colin Kaepernick was there. We Nobody cares about that game. Well, he could have had some betting insight. Oh, stop. All right. If you listen to me, look, I played it last night like a T. Mm. You had this weather delay. Do you know that Boston College, those crumbs, they wanted to end the game? They saw Cincinnati was moving the football at will, and then they got hit with that rain delay, weather, severe weather delay, halfway through the first quarter. Boston College reportedly wanted to yank the cord on that game. Yeah, you should have. Well, in that, saved America. That's what I'm saying. In that delay, the in-game total dropped to 45 and a half. Mm. Cincinnati destroyed them. The only way that Boston College got on the board was a blocked field goal. So there's there's no value. Well, none. Money was pouring yesterday between oh, yeah. Southern Miss Tulane is is Saturday. Uh, Louisiana against Miami of Ohio That's Monday is Monday. Night. That's right. I have so a lot there's two in. games. There's a game today. So there's three. And then the two championship, championship games are five. That's five games. All right, so what do you say, Josh? You want to do these five games or what? Oh, jeez. If not, I'm leaving early. The Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with 97.3 ESPN, brings you the Mays and Aton Show. Middays with Harry Mays and Aton Shander. Now, it's the Midday Show with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN Radio. So we begin our jam-packed 1 o'clock hour on the Lighthouse Insurance guest line with Jimmy Kemsky. One of our favorites. Absolutely. And the beauty about the conversation that we can have with Jimmy is it's always going to revolve around the Eagles, as positive or negative as it can be. But Jimmy has his eye on a bunch of things, including the players playing in bowls that the Eagles have an eye on. Yeah, the grocery list. Absolutely. And on top of that, the demise, really, standing around watching the rest of the division going up in flames. So as we welcome Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice on the Lighthouse Insurance Guest Line, Harry Mays, Aton Shander. First and foremost, thank you, Jimmy, as always, for joining us. And, and let's start there. And I looked at it yesterday, put a tweet out as well. Like, you talk about a day for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants, their idiot general manager, can't wait to reboot <laughs> with the guy who it took two days and two-thirds of another day to fire in Dallas, and then you have the Washington owner who doesn't even know what month it is. No, that, that was intentional. Uh, uh, yeah. That was intentional. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Beyond that, intentional or not, the Philadelphia Eagles gained points just by being normal yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the division is – I mean, we all saw how bad they were during the season, but – they have, you know, big-time front office problems, obviously, all, all three of them, in my opinion. Washington being the worst. What, what they did do, I thought, you know, I, I thought they hired a, you know, a, a good head coach of Ron Rivera, and then they did the smart thing by not only firing Bruce Allen, but, not, but, but, but also not reassigning him somewhere else in the building. So right. they, got, they, got, they got rid of him completely. But as long as Dan Snyder's there... They really don't have a chance because <laughs> I think, you know, when you mentioned the, uh, he said happy Thanksgiving thing, but what he did that just kind of reaffirms that they're not going anywhere as long as he's around is there's a report that, you know, that the GM that they have, that, that they hire has to be in on Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. which this isn't like, I don't have anything against Dwayne Haskins, but just the idea that, you know, the GM has to agree with the owner 
on a certain player, or he's probably not going to get hired. It's it's just he's too involved, and that's how it's always going to be, and they're just not going to be competitive ever. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, you know RG three all over again, where you know, that was that was Dan's pick, <laughs> right. you know, and right, you know, he right. thinks he's a quarterback evaluator, right. I guess, you know. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the Eagles. Gettleman for for whatever reason, and they did they did the right thing by firing Pat Shermer, but they keep Gettleman around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the Cowboys are doing with um, this delay in getting rid of Jason Garrett. I think they're going to eventually, anyway. But kind of a weird situation there. So yes, the Eagles did kind of gain a point in the NFC East just by being normal. Not even that they're in the playoffs, just by being normal. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, before we get to the Eagles, I mean, you know, maybe Jerry's just going to allow Jason's contract to run out, which it runs out in a few days anyway. So therefore, he didn't technically fire him, yeah. I guess. Yeah, even then, they can still just start the head coaching search, which they it seems to be on hold until whatever whatever's going on there resolves itself. Hmm. I guess they're waiting for weird. Mike Zimmer to get pounded situation. by the Saints. Yeah, that could be. If Mike Zimmer gets yeah, whacked. They, they could trade a pick for him, maybe. Zimmer has been there. Mm-hmm. Zimmer worked for the Cowboys, of course, at one time. Uh, he's still under contract, so they'd have to give up a pick to get him unless the, unless the Vikings fired him. Right. Um, but, yeah, that, that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on as well. I think that would be a terrible move for them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would, I, would, I would say that that's, that's the situation that's on the table, sure. All right, real quick, because I know Harry's going to jump in about the Eagles-Seahawks game on Sunday. But on that note, who should Eagles fans, because you always have this on your grocery list, right, for college football players. Yeah. Who should Eagles fans be rooting for when you look at the realistic candidates to fill now that hole for the Cowboys head coaching spot? It'll never be as great and glorious for us as when Jason Garrett ran that team. But who should we be rooting for to add more dysfunction to that squad? Uh, I think Urban Meyer Mm. I think uh, his tenure at Ohio State was maybe clouded a bit by the fact that they always had way better talent than anyone else mm. that they were playing. And I think that the transition to the NFL may not necessarily be a very smooth one. And I also think that they have their, you know, they are a talented team. They do have good players. And I think that, you know, a coach coming from the college ranks to the pro ranks, it typically takes them a little bit of time to kind of get their, their, their sea legs under them. And I think that's a team that, you know, that they want to win now. So I don't think they're going to they, – they may not go that route. I think they'll probably hire an established uh, NFL guy. But, you know, that, that is a name that has sort of popped up uh, for them. So if they did make that hire, I would, I would think that that will not go well. All right, Jimmy. We're speaking with Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice here on uh, 97.3 ESPN, the Lighthouse Insurance guest line. We got the injury tent bowl in the late window on Sunday. Seattle and the Eagles. Yep. What is the latest with the Eagles injury situation? All right. So uh, I was actually just writing this before uh, before I came on here. I'm, I always like kind of pre-write my injury report ahead of when they you know give injury designations like out questionable whatever, so I can get it up pretty quickly once they do release it. I'm usually pretty accurate on this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that uh, the guys who will be out is just one. I only rule out one guy on Friday anyway. That'll be Nelson Aguilar with the knee. And then I think they're going to list three guys as questionable. So that would be uh, running back Miles Sanders with the ankle injury. I think he's going to play, so I wouldn't be worried there. And then uh, Zach Ertz, tight end, and right tackle Lane Johnson will all be questionable. I think Ertz has a better chance of playing than Lane. Mm. Um, I would actually lean a little bit towards him playing as opposed to not playing. We're talking about Ertz there. Mm. Um, And then Johnson, I would say that, it's probably unlikely that he'll go, 
but I think they will, at least on Friday, give him a questionable designation. Mm. Doesn't look good. Now, who's the biggest injury on the other side? If it's somebody that's been out for a little bit or somebody that is teetering on not playing that the Eagles can exploit, other side being Seattle? Well, as far as guys that are definitely going to be out, you look at the offensive line, and Justin Britt's been out for a long time. He's their, he's their starting center. And the Eagle, he was actually out for the first Eagles game. And their, their backup center is a guy by the name of Joey Hunt. And he's like 6'2", 299. And he's got 30 and a half – or sorry, 30 and a quarter inch arms, which, which like, I know that's going to, you know, a lot of people aren't going to know what that, you know, what that means. But what that means is that he's got little T-Rex arms. Yeah, short arms. Yeah. So he, he's got to have maybe the shortest arms in the NFL of any offensive lineman. That's a big disadvantage – especially when you're going up against a guy like Fletcher Cox. And Fletcher Cox owned him at times during that first matchup. They actually sacked Russell Wilson uh, six times in that first matchup. So they did get their pass rush going against them. So I think that's a, that's a bad matchup for them. And then they're probably going to be without left tackle Dwayne Brown. Uh, he's, so they're missing essentially their two best offensive linemen, in Dwayne Brown and um, uh, Justin Britt, on what is an already you know, not that great offensive line to begin with. So I think the Eagles can really exploit that with their pass rush. And then otherwise, you have Jadavion Clowney, who's probably going to play, but they'll limit him a little bit. He'll probably play about a third of the snaps, and they'll put him in in sort of those high-leverage situations. He has a core injury. Uh, Michael Kendricks got injured last week. I thought there was a report that, you know, he might have torn his ACL or something, but he uh, has not gone on IR yet. He's not going to play, I can't imagine. And then um, uh, who else do they have that's questionable? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't recall. But as far as guys that are definitely going to be out again, you know, the, the running back situation is is kind Terrible, of been, right, yeah. they, they've been decimated there. They lost their number one running back in Chris Carson, their number two in Rashad Penny, their number three in CJ Prosites. Obviously, as, as you know, everyone knows, they signed Marshawn Lynch and um, you know another guy in Robert Turbin who was on the team a long time ago. And then their number four running back is Travis Homer. So it'll be those three guys uh, running the ball. And I think it's actually. Uh, beneficial to the Eagles if they stick with that rushing attack. It's a very run-heavy team. I think that kind of plays into the strengths of the Eagles' defense. I don't understand why they do play that way when they do have Russell Wilson and, and a pair of very good receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But for whatever reason, they, they remain a very run-heavy team. And I think then signing Marshawn Lynch actually works in the Eagles' favor because they will use him. And they actually did use him and Homer uh, quite a bit week 17 against the Niners, even though they're down in the majority of that game. So they're, they're sticking with that rushing attack, which, again, plays right into the Eagles' hands. I kind of went off on a, very, a few different tangents there on a very simple question. Sorry about that. No, that's, <laughs> that's great. Hey, uh, Jimmy, why are the Eagles practicing at the link? Are they trying to do, you know, sort of get prepared for wins? Or, or what's, what's the reason for that? Is that normal? No, they did that last week. It is normal. They did that last week, too, even though they weren't playing at home. It's just a matter of um, there, there's some, you know, wetness, and the, the, it just drains better at the length than it does oh. on a practice field at, at Novacare. Okay. Is that okay? Because okay. I, I thought maybe, you know, maybe they're trying to get used to wins, you know, for Sunday's game with the kicking game, and also Carson had a rough time in the wind when they played Seattle the last time, right. as did Russell Wilson. That was a really poorly quarterbacked football game on both sides, if I remember. Yeah, that was that was definitely Wentz's worst game of the year. I can't yeah. speak for Russell Wilson because I don't watch every one of his games. But, yeah, he had a bad game. He missed a few open throws down the field. And then he had that one really weird play 
uh, when they're you know down in the red zone and he escaped the pass rush and he had his tight end just wide wide open in the end so he actually could have just run it at himself. Yep. He threw it way over his head and wound up settling for three on that drive instead of getting a touchdown. So they left a lot of plays on the field uh, in that in that first matchup week twelve. They attribute I I spoke to. A guy who covers the team last night on another show, Jimmy and Greg Bell, and and he said they attributed all of that to well, first off, it was Wilson's worst, if not second worst, game of the year, and that play, I believe, and and the other one where he missed Metcalf, there was another one where he missed a, a running back right wide open. They attribute that to the wind, and it looks like mm. it's going to be as at the very least a similar, you know, that same wind. As last time, is this kind of an underrated thing that the Eagles have going for them, that, that wind? And I know Harry mentioned about the Eagles practicing, but not for the Eagles positive, more so just a team coming into Philadelphia in January. I actually do think the worse that the weather is, the more it favors the Eagles because they've played in a lot of bad weather games so far this year. Like the, the game that they played in Buffalo, it's the windiest game I've ever seen in person. Like before the game, you know, you know how they set up like those those little fireworks stands. Well, they had like these, you know, Buffalo Bill logos that like they they, they kind of line them up and the players run through those. Yeah. You know, player introductions, and they had them set up, and then those things just started blowing all over the place. <laughs> you know, those are kind of like heavy things, and they're just blowing all over the field. They had to get rid of them. <laughs> the players couldn't even run through them in pre pregame introductions. That's how bad the wind was in that game. And then you have both uh, Giants game this year. We're both in the rain. Uh, it's the Seahawks game, as you mentioned earlier. You know, that, that was a bad weather game. I think there's another one, too, that I'm missing. But the Eagles have a lot of experience playing these bad weather games so far this year. And I, I also think that, you know, while Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, I think bad weather kind of plays more to uh, Carson Wentz's game because he's got sort of a bigger arm. He, he can, you know, power the ball down the field maybe a little bit. But Wilson has a great arm, too. But – I think you know just the way that that uh, Wentz is able to hit those you know those you know, sort of those uh, the, the way that the, the way that he throws with velocity, whereas uh, Wilson doesn't really make those velocity throws as much as Wentz does. I think that you know sort of plays into the Eagles' favor, and then also the run game. I think the Eagles are are a better running team at this point, especially with you know the Seahawks having their three you know their top three running backs down. And, you know, obviously the, 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 their two best offensive linemen won't be playing either. So I think that benefits, you know, anything anything that has to do with the trenches where, where I think, you know, the Eagles are, you know, sort of in a, in, a, in a good spot both on their O-line versus their D-line and the Eagles' D-line versus their O-line. And whatever you get in that trench play and, and the run game, I think that really heavily favors the Eagles. Oh, I forgot to ask Jimmy Kemsky about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and his status yes, for Sunday's yes. game. Very yeah, important. He's good. he's good to go. Because like, what did he get, one snap last week? Uh, I think he played more than that, but uh, he did not start. So the the other three guys, you know, put, were all ahead of him in that game, and they all played more. Crazy. It was uh, it's Jordan Howard that you're thinking of that got one snap oh, in that okay. game, and he should he should have his uh, he should get more playing time uh, this week. And it was odd that he only got one snap because after Miles Sanders went down, they ba- they basically didn't take you know Boston Scott off the field thereafter, except for that one snap. And Boston Scott is. You know, he's basically like a, a, a version of Darren Sproles. He's a five-six running back. Mm-hmm. You don't see those guys you know, play the number of snaps that, that he did in that game very often. How much is being discussed? And I know you cover this team and, and you're in there, and it's very difficult, right, to get guys to talk about things when they're in the middle of the season, especially in this playoff stretch. But 
has anybody in even in that building, Jimmy, has anybody even stopped to just marvel at what's happened over the last three years? Where I don't know if you can find this in professional sports, a team that has been decimated by so much injury year in and year out finds a way to make the playoffs for three straight years. Yeah, I think it's gotten worse each year too. Like the, yep. you know, the year they won the Super Bowl, they lost they lost Peters and Hicks and Sproles and Maragos and a few others. Wentz. And at the time, that seemed like a lot. And then, you know, last year it ramped up uh, even worse. You know, and, then, and obviously it was Wentz in 2017 as well. It was once again in 2018 in addition to a lot of other, you know, a lot of their other you know, big-time contributors. And then this year it's even worse. I mean, you're without your – at one point during the Giants game on Sunday, one smile Sanders went out. They were missing their RB1, their RB2, RB3, RB4, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end one, right tackle, right guard. Like, that is absurd. It's just crazy to have that, that many guys out. And then not only on top of that, like, they've put up 400, at least 400, you know, total yards offensively in each of these last four games that they played all wins, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um and it's really kind of remarkable that they, that the offense has, has actually gotten better, uh, even with all these guys down and, and these young guys coming in with the energy that they have. Yeah, it is crazy. And the other thing that's crazy is here we have Carson Wentz for as good as he has been in his fourth year, and he's playing in his first playoff game. Yet the Eagles have been in the playoffs now what three straight that's years? Right. It's <laughs> right. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, playoff quarterbacks. Uh, so there are, by my count. 32 active quarterbacks that have played at least or started at least one playoff game in their career. Hmm. You want to guess how many of those guys won their first start? Zero. I'd say very few because. No, not zero. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe what? Eight? 10 out of 32. 10 out of 32. Okay. So 10 and 22 is the record. I think it's a 313 winning percentage. Is there anybody. is there anybody horrible that's on that 10? It would make me feel so much better if, you know, like, a, a backup or Rex Grossman. Is somebody like that on that list that yeah, I feel so on. much me, better let, about? Let me let me pull up that list real quick. It would take me a second here. But you don't understand what yeah. I was, as Jimmy. Like, who's yeah, that guy yeah, that, yeah. Who's so, that, what, guy that played Portals for Arizona one. before Blake, Kurt Blake Warner? Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Can you do one more time? We spoke over you. Oh, that's okay. Blake Bortles was one of them. Uh, He's, he won? Yeah. Well, keep in mind that that was uh, that was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He was on that Jaguars team. That was I mean that was just a great defense. Mm-hmm. So in context, you kind of can understand why that you know he won. And I think they played was it Buffalo that year? In the yeah, I think round, it was Buffalo. Right. Would have been that would have been another Neo fight playoff quarterback in Tyrod Taylor that he played too. So one of them had to win that game. So there's some of that going on where you know one guy has to win the game. Matt Schaub is another one that won his first playoff game. Case Keenum, the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl okay. uh, with the Vikings. Okay. So yeah, there, there's there's some questionable quarterbacks that, that have won the first playoff game. And, and, I and feel better now. Carson Wentz. Yeah, and in the case of Carson Wentz on that, by the way, you know as you mentioned, he's in his fourth year. He's already you know he played four straight games. That's just the last four weeks where if they lost, they were done. So they're kind of like quasi playoff games obviously against teams that weren't anywhere near as good as this uh seattle team coming in uh but you know he he has he has played some some sort of you know high stakes games and and the the roster that he has around him obviously played in the playoffs last year and and a lot of those guys went on that super bowl run in 2017 so i don't really think it's kind of the same thing as 
you know, like a first-time playoff quarterback going to the playoffs with a team that, you know, hasn't been there before. Jimmy, always appreciate it. We've got about 30 seconds here before we break. Do they cover? Do yep. they win? How does this thing play out? I think they win outright. I yep. think they sort of eke by them, 23 to 21, something like that. Uh, I think it's kind of like an ugly game at times. They make just enough plays offensively to get it done, and I think that pass rush really gets after Russell Wilson. Thank I, you, sir. I think we have the same notes. Me and Jimmy. Did you just read his That's pre-column? That's basically exactly how I would say the game I think Evan Macy leaked your notes to some media members, Jimmy. <laughs> how dare he? <laughs> Great stuff, man. Thank Thanks, you so man. much. Appreciate it, guys. There he is, it. Jimmy Kemsky, uh, at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter of the Philly Voice on the Lighthouse Insurance guest line. And, of course, you got to call managing partner Kevin McAdams this year. you got to start saving money on your commercial insurance. It's 800-691-1686. That's Lighthouse Insurance. All right, so we still have a couple of things to do here, including Josh has amended the six-pack of picks to include an NFL game. Oh, so we're five, what, five college, one pro? Right. Okay. So we'll mix that in here. And another thing, as Jimmy laid out this score here in this game, it's gonna, that would hit under. What mm-hmm. we have for for this football what game? What do you say? Twenty three, twenty one. Correct. Where I still see the number forty five and a half right now. Mm-hmm. So barely, but still, I I think there are two games that just jump out as obvious unders. Right, the Patriots and Titans are playing in the snow, mm-hmm. and that's going to be an evening game. And I don't care how much Ryan Tannehill is able to throw to AJ Brown. You have snow that that limits a lot. Yeah, I would imagine that you know that's a lot of Derrick Henry. Correct. Right? And then the other one is. Buffalo's defense has traveled, to their mm-hmm. credit, as ugly and brutal as their games have been to watch. So everybody's thinking, well, Houston is, is an enigma. They're a wild card. They can be good. They can be really bad. So that's going to go under 44. Both of those games are 44. Now, you disagree with that. Well, You here, thought that's going to be a shootout. I do. I, I think the Texans and Bills game will be in a higher scoring game. But here's the thing. The Eagles always go under at home. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Always, including, of course, and I think you brought this up in the first hour, the game, what was it, 17-6 or 17-9? 17-9, I believe it was, yeah. That one went way under as well. The Eagles have a knack for playing really well on defense. At home. And covering the under at home. Yep. So when you look at the games on Saturday, Harry, I would just say I think the Eagles-Seahawks is probably the biggest lock of them all to go under. Well, it's on Sunday. That's what I'm saying, of all the games. Oh, okay. Because I think everybody would point to one, if not both, games on Saturday and put the Eagles maybe third and know that the Saints are at home, so that has the propensity to to go high. But look, man, I would tease that Seahawks-Eagles game, six and a half, seven points, and gladly take the under. Now, the game that you you skipped over, uh, Saints-Vikings in New Orleans, first in the early window on Sunday. Here's a great uh, trend. Since, let's see, home, since 05... Home favorites, seven points or more, are eleven and one yep. straight up, and ten and two to the number. Yep. Do you know? And, and I don't know if you have it in front of you. How many times the Saints were factored into that equation? It's probably a bunch. And I would imagine, and yeah. I bet that they haven't lost. Like, when's the last time the Saints have lost at home in the playoffs, or at least the first game they played at home in yeah. the playoffs? This thing's going to be over. Look, if you just want something to look at from a betting 
from a fantasy or from a football standpoint, Kirk Cousins is playing in the playoffs. Well, they lost to the Rams last year at home. Well, that was at and home. That was right. the, the, the game. With but that the was crazy the championship call. game. Yeah, correct. Right, right. I, I mean, yeah. at home in the in the first round or their first game. I don't know if that's happened anytime recently. The Eagles and, have played down there a bunch of times and gone home and gotten their ass in the first or second round. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. That's it. Like, do you need to say anything more? No, I know. But if they Kirk get Dalvin, Cousins. if Dalvin Cook can play, they're a different team. I still don't think they they stay within seven. Me neither. It's eight. I see it, it eight. eight. I take it at ten right yeah. now. I might buy it at ten. Oh, Just to do it. I got killed on that thirteen with Tennessee. Sorry. That was uh, house money. Back after this. Mays and Aton with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app. All right, Mays and Aton, and it is time for the famous. This is already a famous segment, you know, in, in just its first season. It's incarnation, Aton. Absolutely. Step it up, take a risk. It's uh, taken off, if you will. I think it would have gone even farther had Gil taken five seconds to, to do the lyrics that we wanted him to do. Correct. You know, but I guess right. you know, he's too much vacation time. Right. And couldn't squeeze it in. I guess not. You know? You know, things, I, we are not high up on the totem pole, apparently. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay, neither pole? am I. Uh, I don't know. I just assumed there was. Isn't there everywhere? I don't know if totem poles are even uh, politically correct anymore. Why? It's, they exist. Say yeah. hierarchy. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hierarchy. Why? What's wrong with... Like, a totem pole exists. Yeah. It's not... It's not like I'm using it in... There's no charge. There's no emotional charge behind saying a totem pole. What's the difference between saying totem pole and a Mount Rushmore or any other, like, ladder or something like that because it's associated with Native Americans? Native Americans, of course. But it's not in anything negative. Like, you can still talk about people in a positive or neutral I don't light. think you can. Look, no, I don't I, think you can. It's, it's not like I'm accusing a public official of running around looking something. In blackface? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it's not like that. Well, yeah. At least uh, if you do that, make sure you verify it. Trust okay? me, man. All I, right. Let's get think. to the picks. I like these picks. He just sent them over, Aton. I didn't and see these. I think we just figured out that Josh, depending on how this plays out, but these look good. Depending on how it plays out, Josh might do his best work under the gun rather than putting too much thought into him. Well, it's... 55 and 50 right now. Right, but that's that's the record as we speak. Now right. I'm gonna I'm gonna play along here and as we always do, mm -hmm. put a little something on these games and see if in fact can get maybe a you know a five in one day. Josh would be a great way because this is it, right? Isn't yeah, this, this the is, final this week. This is it, unless he's going to do playoffs for NFL. I don't know, but well, I don't know. You get slim and slim, less and less chance. I like the six, the six thing, the continuity. Mm -hmm. So I think this is pretty much it. Okay. Right? Well, here, here we're going to start off with the six pack of skunk picks. Uh, there is a donkey game that is about to kick off in about an hour and a half, two hours from now. Yes, Ohio. <laughs> Laying almost 10. They're laying 9.5 against Nevada, Reno. All right, so here's the deal, guys. In a position to win. Nevada already is allowing 32 points per game this year. Mm. This game, they have three defensive starters suspended and a fourth who will not play in the first half. <laughs> Please, for the sake of anything holy and sacred, take Ohio minus 9.5. Is Frank Solich still coaching Ohio? I think so. Is he? 
Don't we? Yeah, but haven't we been burned already yeah. by by kids leaving and coaches leaving? Well, that's the problem with the bowl games. To bet the bowl games, you never you got to. It's like a, a, you know, you need a who's who of who's actually gonna play. Right, because certain guys like Georgia had eleven guys that were sitting out to to get it ready didn't for the NFL. It didn't matter. Harry Frank Solich isn't just the head coach; he just agreed to a contract extension yesterday. Wow, seventy-five years old, still going strong. He hasn't fallen asleep behind the wheel recently, has he? No, no. He had not some recent. issue. He did years ago, didn't he? I get a DUI. Was that at Ohio or yeah. before that? Or is that is that why he had to leave Nebraska? I think you're right. I think it's that why he had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that factored into the equation. That's what happens with those Nebraska winters, man. It's just you know the booze gets you. All right. Now let's go to the next uh, garbage game. We got uh, Southern Miss, the Fighting Farves, getting seven against Tulane. Mm. Yeah, guys. Here's the deal. Did you know these campuses are about a hundred miles apart from each other? This is I actually did. A regional rivalry. Yeah, I've actually been to Tulane a few times. Tulane, away from home, is two and four against the spread this year. Mm. I think Southern Miss covers this seven point spread. I think that this is a game where they're going to be fighting for regional rights, and Tulane has been very underwhelming this year in general. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're taking the the team out of what Conference USA, I think, right? So. yeah, and I guess you're getting points here with Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. It's really more about how underwhelming Tulane has been. It's not really, it doesn't sound like you're really confident in Southern Miss. So well, it's more I love of a fade. Southern Miss. I just think the seven's too big. It's more of a fade on Tulane. It is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. All right, now we go to the championship game. Clemson, LSU, game being played in New Orleans, I believe. Yes, it is. And he's uh, focused on the total of 69 and a half. Yeah, I feel like this line is is kind of a sucker's bet, guys, because it's five and a half right now. There's one place that has it at five, but I like the over in this because I think that this is going to be the game that Brent Venables gets eviscerated. Mm-hmm. We saw Ohio State mess with him a little bit because of their hurry-up offense because Venables likes to wait till the last second to set his defense. Well, LSU likes to run the hurry-up, and I think this is going to be one of those... 48 to 40 kind of games where Clemson is going to be trying to keep up the whole game and LSU is just firing all the ammunition at home with the crowd behind them. I'm going over 69 and a half. All right. Now, what is what is Herb Street? What is Herbie going to do if Brent Venables is getting shellacked by LSU? That's probably, his favorite boy. Is that right? Well, yeah. Is he going to melt down like Troy Aikman watching the Cowboys <laughs> uh, lose? Dude, you watch college game day. Even if they don't have anything Clemson going on, he's bringing up Brent Venables. Of course he is because his son's going there. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. Now we know. Herb Street's son and Rex Ryan's son both are at Clemson. Well, I knew Rex Ryan's kid was there. But I didn't know Herb Street. I didn't even know Herb Street's kids were college eligible. Yeah, I didn't even know the kid had kids. Well, he's got like four boys. Yeah, he's got like four yeah. boys, yeah. yeah. They all look alike. They, they all look they like him. Creepy. They look like him. Yeah. Now, Berserker yeah. Swordsman is asking on Maze and Aton, the Twitch channel, is Josh just flipping a coin for these donkey games? No, because I don't have a coin nearby. He doesn't have – Josh doesn't have many coins to flip. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the pros. He's got two pros picks, actually. Yeah, so uh, you omitted the FBS. FCS. Or whatever the hell it is now. Right. Yeah, why did you omit that? Because I got no feel in that game. 
Oh, boy. That's all right. Look, I, I think that's okay. If it's a Division One AA school, then that's whatever. It's a good game, though. James Madison and, and North Dakota State. Oh, are... I'll watch the game, but I have no idea who's going to win that game. Yeah, I'm done watching James I'd Madison. rather watch that than freaking Ohio against Nevada. All right. Titans at Patriots, and you like the total of 44.5. Which way are you going? I'm going under, guys, and here's why. The Patriots have the best game planner in the world for a playoff game at home, and that's Bill Belichick. I think Belichick will win this game. I don't have a lot of faith in the Patriots to score a lot of points because, well, their offense has been mediocre this year. And I think Tannehill gets brought back down to earth a little bit. I think Belichick versus Tannehill give me the under. Yeah, this is my favorite of all of them just because Belichick has a knack for doing this, especially early on, right, right. where somebody has a good story or somebody's playing well and they come into New England mm. and they just hit a buzzsaw. Yeah. And it doesn't even and, and I think this defense is actually more talented especially stopping the run than we've seen defenses before do the same thing. I could see this game being like a 20 to 16 type of game. Or even like a 20 to 10. Game. It might be 17 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. All right. Now the final game, Seahawks at Eagles. Yes. I'm going full value on this pick, guys. This is not just the pick. This is about value. Eagles money line. I think everyone is totally overrating the Seahawks record because, remember, they had that record with Dwayne Brown, who's not playing. They had that record with Michael Kendricks, who is not playing. They had that record when there were guys who were healthy, like at running back, like Chris Carson, who had a really great year, people might forget, and Rashad Penny. Now you have old Marshawn Lynch. You have old Robert Turbin coming in. I think Eagles win this game, and I'm saying take the money line. Forget the points. Mm. I forget what I got that at because I took the money line on, like, Tuesday. Mm. Monday or Tuesday. I got to look well, that up. It's right, not a lot. No, it's depending like on where you have it now. Plus 108 maybe. If but I'm it's, it's more 106, than. depending on where you yeah. Now you're splitting hairs because Parks probably has it at a favorable spot. And if anybody foolishly is not using that app, then they might be paying a little more for it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're going to be about 105 to 108, I'd say. But the value is there more than the spread numbers. Well, yeah, you're going to lay in uh, 11 10 to 10. Right. Yeah. There's right. value there. What's what's your thoughts here, Aton? You only liked one of the picks? No, I look, I, I think the Ohio game makes a lot of sense. I'm on board with that. Nevada is not a team. Nine and a half is fine for me. Ten points is, is a good number. I do like the fade of Tulane simply because it's a touchdown. Mm. I, I'm worried about the over on the LSU-Clemson game. Really? I am. Well, yeah. because everybody's going to take it. It, it just and, and here's the thing. I'm not disagreeing with your analysis, Josh. I think you laid out a very reasonable way as far as that game hitting. But it seems like, to Harry's point, it's going to be build and build and build. Mm -hmm. And then will be not even a defensive struggle, but a pick or a stop. Maybe go to overtime. Like that. I would need that. I would need that. Yeah, but I could see that also being like a 33-28, 33-27 type game, too. And that's under. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know which one of those teams is in a position to get a backdoor cover. Because I could see that as well, where the game might be over, but the teams themselves don't stop. Uh, I do love the Pats-Titans under. I actually think, as crazy as I know I'm saving this now with 20 minutes left, but I, I actually... Flipped it, and if and Josh is on the record, so I'm gonna flip it on my pick and take the Seahawks 
no. on the money line. Yep. I think the Seahawks win this game. Wow. But, but I don't know if they even cover. I think a one-point victory, 24-23, 2019, something like that. So hold on. If it's a one-point victory, then the Eagles cover. Correct. Which is why I'm not confident enough to take the the Seahawks. And I'm, I'm only losing like... 10 cents of value taking the Seahawks on the money line. I got plus 107 with the birds. That's not bad. Yeah. But at minus 118, I took the Seahawks on the money line. Wow. Go birds. How dare you? I'm telling you. Commodore Eric at EKT8750. FCS championship pick is easy. Take North Dakota State outright. Hmm. They've won last. They've won List? I think he, he, he meant means this. Last. Probably last. last about game the last 10 years, LOL. What does that mean? I don't know. They've won this about Well, I mean, yeah, the, the one guy that said Kansas State now, I think, mean, had four or five national yeah, championships. Kleiman. He was Carson Wentz's coach for a couple of years. They're, they're always in this in this game. There's no JMU's way. JMU's a power, though, too, man. JMU. Well, the, well, the, listen, I do know that these are two of the top programs in FCS in the last 10 years. So either way, it's going to be a good game. I did a JMU Lehigh playoff game one in the FCS years ago, man. JMU's been good for a long time. Wasn't college game day there a few years ago? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the, something like this. The Dukes, man. Don't it's disrespect a, the Dukes. It's a pain in the ass to get to. It's no, in the it's middle right of nowhere. It's right down to I-81. What are you talking it's an about? ugly drive. I've driven that many times. It's, it's an Harris, ugly Harrisonburg, drive. Harrisonburg, Virginia. Awful, ugly drive. It's in a bad area of Virginia. The constant speed traps. Oh, God. There's really nothing going on off campus around there. It's terrible. I've got nothing for JMU. Get on at it. Get out of here. Get out of my face, JMU. All right, we wind down here as we can hit the text board, 609-403-0973. A lot of people weighing in throughout the show. Yeah, we neglected it again because we had guests today. Right. So, just looking to see if there's anything worthwhile here. Worthwhile? I thought we'd read them all anyway. Well, I don't know. Happy New like Year you... to you too. Love how not too many. <sighs> Love how not too many, too many. It's T O O. Are people voice texting? Uh, is I that what's going on? Have the, this is another reason why I, I see stuff and it's like I'm trying to read it, but please, T O O. Gonna you... destroy them. I'll give you six points in Seattle. No. Well, he's talking to you. Right. Get two right. I read an article today that Rivera's first move as Redskins coach was to remove all ping pong tables from the locker room. That's it. Now they're going to be 12 and 4, make the playoffs every year. Yeah, and shuffleboard. It was ping pong and shuffleboard. Uh, who was running this? Yeah. Bobby Valentine? See, that's, that's what happens, though. Like, certain coaches come in and they say, you know, we're a little bit too tense. We need to, we need to have more fun. So let's right. bring in a ping pong table. And then another guy comes and says, we're too distracted. We're not focused enough. Get that ping pong table out of here. Unbelievable. <laughs> Kramer's friend is Lomez. Lomax is Bernie Lomax from a weekend at Bernie's. Thanks, Phil, from oh. Wildwood. That's right. That's what I think I got confused. You conflated. Right. Okay. Gronk can always be a part of a real-world road rules Jersey Shore group of washed reality washed party up. stars. Yeah. Washed up reality stars. That's Alfie and Abington. Yeah, that's actually – I could see him on one of those, like, Big Brother shows or something. 
God. Which I've never watched one episode. But he wouldn't even, I don't even think he'd be good on that. No, you don't think so? No, because the, the people that usually, like, at some point his celebrity would wear off when you're watching him in something that's episodic, right? Mm. Where you have to tune in week in and week out. Mm. Do you that, really have to? Well, I'm telling you, if you watch Big Brother and Rob Gronkowski's on it, then yeah. you're going to be watching for him. Yeah. And I think that the whole celebrity thing wears off really fast when you realize that he has absolutely no depth. Zero depth. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's already worn off for me with that. Like, now I'm just like, I was curious at first when I heard he was going to be working with Fox, you know, to see what, if they could use him in a funny way, if yep. he had any, any kind of range. Yep. He is a total rockhead. It's awful. Yeah. And I credit Steve Harvey for at least calling him out. Yeah. Fake like, or not, it was it was the right I thing like to Steve do. I like Steve Harvey. North Dakota State has won the last two uh, championships. JMU won it th- uh, three years ago. JMU. Then prior to that, North Dakota State won it four, five, five years straight. Really? Yeah. They've got seven championships in like the last nine years. Ooh. North Dakota State. I didn't realize that. Yeah, ah, it's a good thing that we didn't put anything on here. You know, to be yeah, honest I'm with taking, you, I'm taking. I'm going with the Bison. Are you? Oh yeah, it's a double Bison weekend. Mm. Got the Bison on Saturday, Saturday, right? And then you got uh, Mr. Bison on Sunday afternoon. All right, real quick, Josh, hit him with the skunk picks again, please. The texter missed it by a couple of minutes. Okay, Ohio minus nine and a half versus Nevada. Stay at three thirty. Hold your nose. Southern Miss, plus seven versus Tulane. Mm-hmm. Clemson versus LSU, the national championship game, over 69.5. Titans versus Pats, under 44.5. Seahawks versus Eagles, take the Eagles' money line. All right. And, and Eitan has already thumbed his nose at yep. that one. Yep. And taken the, the Seahawks. Now, do you have a score? Uh, for the Eagles? Yeah. Um, yeah, Birds, 20... 23-21. I'm going to stay with my 24-23 or 23-22. Forget, I think it's 24-23. Seahawks, they win by one. Either way, we have a close football game. It'll be down to the wire. I did want to hit you with two quick ones on the way out. I see Wild Card Weekend has some interesting props up here, including the CBS in-game broadcast. Will they show Mike Vrabel, who is the current head coach for the Tennessee Titans, playing for the Patriots? Yes. Minus 200, yes, plus 150, They no. will, but he won't have a mustache. No, he won't have a mustache. But they'll, so here's He's got the a thing. great mustache, What by will the way. they show him doing? My guess is they'll show him either running or catching a touchdown, right? Because that's one thing that they used him for on yeah. goal line short yard yeah, situations. He was pretty versatile for them. They could also show him on a sideline discussing something with Belichick. With Belichick? Yeah, because he was one of those guys back in the day where he was like a coach on the field. Yeah, right, right. I could really see this guy going into coaching someday. Seriously. You, <laughs> you, you, exactly. Yeah. Now, of the two, which would it be? Would it be Vrabel scoring – or would it be Vrabel on the sideline talking to Belichick? Uh, probably doing some sort of scoring because okay. it's kind of more sexy, I guess. Now, let's look at this as we wind down here. Saints, Patriots, Eagles. Pardon me. Saints, Patriots, Seahawks, Eagles, Titans, Vikings, Texans, Bills. In that order, from top to bottom, Saints through Bills is the odds-on favorite for the highest-scoring team over Wild Card Weekend. Now, Chalk, 
by a mile, Saints. I thought would be the Saints, but it's only 50 points higher than New England. Mm. In that weather? I don't wow. see that. I don't see Seattle. I don't see Philadelphia. I don't see the Titans now. I mean, could Minnesota in the losing effort? That game could get could get crazy. I think so. I think Minnesota in the losing effort could be the second highest team. That's what I was going to ask you. Who's the second highest scoring team this weekend? Saints will put there as the number one. Um, Texans. Oh, they're at plus 500 right with the Eagles. Really? Yep, tied for fourth. How about that? Deshaun Watson. It's not a bad pick. No, I pardon me. You said the Texans, not the Titans. Texans. Texans are second to last at plus 900. There you go. Nobody has any faith. There's your value. Zero. <laughs> All right, we're back Monday. We'll be live at Parks Casino with reaction to a Philadelphia Eagles victory. We'll find out. Sports Bash comes your way next, all right here on 97.3 ESPN. Josh produced, Harry, myself, at Harry Mays to you, at Shander Show. Make sure you're watching on the Twitch channel as well, Mays and Eight Time. Yeah, Gil's back today, right? I think he was back yesterday, oh, too. Oh, he was? Wow.